there's a lot of head scratching and complaining in most offices centered around a major difference we're seeing in offices of all sizes. We're going to tell you what that big difference is and why it's so vexing. Yep, I pulled out a big verb in this episode of the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, where we help you unleash the power of soft skills. Here are your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. Take it away, guys. I am Bob Graham, and with me, as always, is Dr. Tobin Porterfield. Hey, Toby, it's great to be back with you. It's been a little while. Uh, shout out to Callie and Chris and all the other people who are wondering where our long podcasts are. Uh, how are you today? Yeah, great. And, uh, you know, we have been, we've been keeping the things rolling with the Soft Skills Minute. We're getting kind of a, a different audience and lots of... Uh, uh, downloads on that, but uh, we don't want to lose track of the serious soft skills podcast where we really can take a 20 minute chunk and really dig deeper into things. So it's great to be back. Well, and Toby, you know, some people say a minute of us just isn't enough, and I'll leave it there. Didn't get any response. You're killing me. <laughs> I better just go on mute for that uh, so I don't say anything. (laughs) So just in case you're new or you haven't heard from us for a while, we research, write about, blog on, podcast, train, coach, and speak on soft skills, which are those interpersonal skills we use in the workplace to get stuff done. And today we're going into one of the topics that comes up over and over and over when we train, when we talk to people, and just about every time we get together with people and start talking about office culture and office activity. And that is the differences among generations. And Toby, you and I are lucky. We're only, what, less than a year apart in age, so we don't understand this for ourselves. But certainly we've seen it with our students. We've seen it with our parents, with our colleagues and others. So why don't you lay this out for us if you could? It is a challenge because we do need to get this problem defined a little bit. As you've been out speaking to different groups and we've met with people, that topic of multiple generations in the workforce keeps coming out that it creates more conflict, created a culture in some organizations where things just aren't as productive as they should be. So I'd like to take a step back first and say, well, hold it, let's look at what is this generational stuff anyway? And what we're really talking about is the range of ages of people in the workforce has increased significantly. So if we think back through the generations, we're certainly, uh, there's been a lot of angst about the millennials entering the workforce, but of course, we got to keep in mind that the uh, youngest millennials right now are r- around 20 years of age. So millennials have been in the workforce for several years now. This isn't a new thing. So these generational labels that are assigned to a lot of us can be a little uh, taxing or vexing, as you say, in their in themselves. And so we've defined these age groups, and we say millennials are people uh, born between 1981 and 2000. And as soon as you even put that out there, there's different researchers who have different periods of years. But when we talk about generations, we're really talking about what went on during their formative years that really shaped who, who we are. And so that has changed over time. There's been big wars in the past. There's been recessions. There's been um, advents of technology. And these things each have affect, affected people in their formative years. So we, we have this millennial chunk. We have the group before them. We tend to call Generation X. We have the group before them. I like that them. generation. 
That does have a good ring to it. But, hey, even Bob and I know that it depends upon who you ask of what year that cutoff is. Sometimes we'll be listed as Gen X. Sometimes we'll be listed as baby boomers because that's that big group behind the Gen X. And then uh, the term uh, that we often use with the group before them was the greatest generation. And that's where the rub really comes is because people from that four generations back, the the greatest generation, they would be, the youngest of them would be 75 right now. And we see them, a few people still in the workforce, but mostly tailing out. We see a lot of baby boomers. We see lots of Gen X, lots of millennials. And now this new group that was born since 2000, we're starting to see them emerge. And the name for that group hasn't quite gelled yet, but it seems to be the I generation because of the huge influence that uh, all of the uh, I technologies have had on that, that group. So we're dealing with some odd things here. And it does make the workplace more complex. If you work in an office, it's all of, a, of the same generation. We, we understand how we think. We understand what concerns us. We understand our uh, uh, respect for authority because that comes a lot of what we, out of a lot of what we experienced growing up in that generation. So, Toby, the thing I hear when I'm talking to people is always the same phrase. You did what? And that, and I was out doing some training, and someone actually said to another person, there was a group of about 25 people in the room, and they were talking about generational differences. And one of the younger people described something they did that this older person in the group did not know had happened. And I hear this phrase all the time, but the older person said, you did what? And immediately all of the younger people recoiled. And all the older people, I could see them going all but cheering. It's like, yes, you're right. This person did something that was completely wrong. And what I had to do in talking to the group was get them to realize that there isn't a right and wrong, that it's just the way we look at the world differs with age. Just like people who live in a very urban environment look at the world one way and people who live in suburban or rural areas see it a different way. And I'm amazed when I go south, uh, you know, we live in Maryland, when I go down into the Carolinas to visit family, everything is slower. It's not wrong. It's just different. And you said earlier, you used the word odd. And it does feel odd to us when we see how others look at the world differently than us. But it doesn't mean it's wrong. Uh, yes. And I'd say also that that priorities change with these different groups. And I do hate the titles, the the cataloging that occurs when we say this person's a millennial and this person's Gen X. And we know that that there's a transition period between these generations where, where we're mixed in many of the things I exhibit when I make decisions at work come from a baby boomer background and other things come from a Gen X. And, and even I've been influenced by the millennials in many ways because I work with them so much in, in my day-to-day life. So um, those, cat, those titles get a little rough, but I, I remember distinctly I had an experience where I was leading a workshop and I had someone from the greatest generation, so he was clearly in his 70s, talking with a millennial. And the millennial uh, asked the question, um, do you really uh, think I'm going to be working more than, you know, nine to five, 40 hours a week when I go out and take my first career position? And the the guy from the greatest generation was blown away by the question because uh, he's, you know, how, how would you not work 10, 12 hour days and not work through the weekend early in your career? I mean, what else would you do with your time? So there was just a, a complete disconnect of understanding that 
how could these two uh, mindsets not agree with each other? And the two just looked at each other like, I, I don't understand how you would even question this. And I think that's where it becomes complicated, Toby, is how the different generations look at work. And if you look at some of the older generations, they were incredibly loyal to their companies, right or wrong. And some of the younger generations are not as loyal to their companies. They're more focused on themselves because they've been the ones who have seen their parents or their grandparents lose jobs in layoffs, in downsizing and all these transitions in things that you and I, when we were growing up, that just didn't happen very often. It was a rarity, but now it's fairly common. So some of these factors that influence people come from their reality and seeing the world through their own eyes. And it's hard when we're a different age to look through someone else's eyes. But I will tell you, when I've been working with millennials, I'm always amazed that they're able to put the world in perspective and and realize that there's work time and there's play time in a way that, frankly, I'm jealous. I wish I could get that that line drawn much more clearly. I'm one of those guys that if I leave work at 4.30, I feel guilty. I feel like I've cheated the boss, and I'm my own boss, so imagine that. Okay, actually, you're the boss, Toby. Let's be real. That's right. We take turns. Um, but I think you really got at a good angle on this, and that's that's how we make progress on this, is uh, the emotional intelligence side of it, the empathy side of it, that seeing things through another person's eyes and not immediately feeling like, oh, they're wrong. Uh, they've got there's some benefits there's some uh, good reasons for their perspective uh, but we also need to look at the situation and say okay what's the right decision to make in this situation and take in those different viewpoints of, of a person like you and I who come from a generation we say well of course we'll work all weekend and and some others that would say well, you know that's probably not the best choice you're really going to be in bad shape that following week having not stepped away hey let's figure out a way that we can get the work done and not work seven days a week, 12 hours a day. And, and, and I think we get to a much better situation where, yeah, the work does get done, but we get through it in a healthy way. So I'm excited about the blending of generations, but it's uncomfortable. Especially for the younger generation when they work for a boss who's older, who it's my way or the highway. And I think I've, I've heard a lot of younger people complain about their work and say, I'm just going to leave. And you see a, a increase, I think, in the number of younger people who are willing to lose or leave a job because they don't feel appreciated, they don't feel respected because that employer is dictating things to them by fiat that just don't make sense. And the answer to that is really just having the discussion and saying, this is why we do it this way, and also inviting that discussion. How would you have us do it? And I think when you start to have that discussion, which can be very uncomfortable, as you and I both know, when you have that discussion, that's when great things really start to happen. Because I think the real solution is building a culture around what common goals and common objectives you have and everyone conceding that, hey, maybe the way I did this isn't the the only way to do it. Maybe there are other ways. And I would say, Toby, it's a lot like getting married. You know, you get married and you think that your family did things the way that everyone does it. And then you suddenly get integrated with your spouse and they fold the napkins a different way, or they put the silverware a different way, or they have dinner at a different time. And suddenly you're like, but you're doing it wrong. Well, more than one of us has had a difficult first couple of months of marriage because we've said it's wrong. When it's not right or wrong, it's just different. And a good marriage over time builds its own 
approach to those things. Hey, let's uh, we better take a break because these kind of deep philosophical ones make my brain hurt a little bit. So let's uh, take a break and then we'll come back and, and see if we can tie all this together. Let's take a short break. You're listening to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Could your business benefit from learning more about soft skills? We've been working with companies to help them identify their employees' soft skill portfolio and how to improve their workplace leveraging those strengths. Could this help your business? Well, if you feel like your team, your office, your company is stuck, not as productive as it should be, missing deadlines, constantly infighting and sniping, have key employees left for better jobs, do you or the people you work with hate going to work, our soft skills training can help. To learn more, call 937-SKILLS-5. That's 937-S-K-I-L-L-S and the number 5. We can talk about how we can help your organization with a customized soft skills plan of attack. Again, to learn more, give us a call at 937-SKILLS-5. Now, back to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. So, Bob, before the break, um, I, I wanted to unpack this a little bit because uh, people fall on those, uh, those general terms and they'll say, yeah, it's the generational differences. Well, what really are we talking about when, when we throw that term around? And, uh, and some people min- uh, uh, kind of go micro on us on this and then say, oh, it's, it's because of the millennials in the workforce. And they, they put the blame on a specific group. But I believe as we look across this situation, we see more so that it's, it's about having a lot of different uh, experiences and ideas and perspectives all pushed and forced into the workplace. We can, we can uh, look at our friends groups and social groups and we can uh, self-select into those groups and say, well, I, I really would rather spend time with these people because we all see the things the same way and we can, but in our workplace, we really don't always have that option. We have the team that we have and we really want to look at it as, as you said, right before the break as a chance to, to take a look at things from different perspectives because often the customers that we're serving through our organizations are also coming from multiple generations. So what better group to to provide great solutions than a workforce that also has those mixed generations? I have a couple of hints here that might help folks in dealing with gener- generational differences. I, I was thinking about this uh, over the last couple of weeks, and I've said some of these things to groups, and I just thought I'd throw it out there. I've got three. So the first one is accept that generational differences are real and that they can be a powerful force against success if you don't address them. It's just a reality. You've got to focus on these things and deal with them. And if you're not, you're you're putting yourself at a huge disadvantage. I think you're going to lose a lot of young people working for you. I think you're going to have a really bad morale problem. And I think your overall organizational culture is just going to suffer tremendously. The second one is... Build a system that constantly holds on to common interests and goals. And I think this is what I work with when I'm out working with groups on these matters is let's figure out what common ground we have. What is the overall goal of this organization? It's to help people achieve X. Okay. Is the fact that one person wants to text and another person wants to email and a third person wants to use Skype really getting in the way of our ability to do that? Or is that just the tools that we use to achieve the various communications that lead to us achieving our goal? And when you have that discussion, that can often lead to a much more 
a shared experience and a shared perspective that, oh, okay, wow, that makes sense to me. And then the third one is get outside help. And that may sound somewhat self-serving, and I acknowledge that, but I would tell you this is a lot like when a couple is going through marriage difficulties and they've shouted and they've argued and they've chatted and they've done everything they can, and it's just time for someone outside to play referee to help them find the common ground. And it's the same here. If everyone's dug in and we're 55 and we're right and we're 25 and we're right, you're not going to get very far, and it's really hard to, to manage that within an organization. So bringing someone in from the outside that understands these issues, understands how to find common ground, and how to build a culture from that that can be the start that the people can layer onto once they get the basics worked out can really make a huge difference to an organization's productivity, their ability to collaborate, and then the most important one of all, of course, Toby, is their ability to be innovative. It's awfully hard to be innovative when it's us versus them. Bob, I think those are some very specific examples, and and true. That number one is, uh, we, we got to deal with this. We can't ignore it. It's not going to go away. In fact, uh, I would expect that uh, we'll see even more impact to multi generations in the workforce. And I think you gave us some good action items. Hey, that's about all the time we have. Uh, next week, we'll dig a little deeper into generational differences and how to address them. Uh, until then, thanks for listening. Good day, and as always, good soft skills. You've been listening to Serious Soft Skills with your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. If you like what you hear, then take a moment to review us on iTunes. Looking for more insights on soft skills? Then check out our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, for blog posts, newsletters, and other resources. And look for a new episode of Serious Soft Skills every Wednesday. 